rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang! This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show, I am your host, Grant Bills, 96.7 FM, 580 AM, or streaming live anywhere at WKTYSports.com, however you're listening, wherever you're listening. Hope you're having a killer Thursday, and thank you for making me and this show a part of your Thursday evening. <laughs> I'm not going to not gonna lie, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's cold. it's cold out. I walked to class this morning, for whatever reason, didn't throw a, co- didn't throw a coat on. I don't really know what the logic was there. And uh, yeah, so I guess I guess this is our life now, right? It's it's just cold out. I guess we got to deal with that. Oh, I had a I had a busy day. I was a little freaked out that I was going to get in here today and not have anything to talk about. I was just grinding this afternoon, thinking what what are we going to talk about? There's so many options, but then again, we haven't had a Brewer game in almost a week now. We haven't had a Packer game since Sunday, and I feel like we've exhausted our frustration and our ranting about that. And then, as usual, material just presents itself, right? So today, not only do we have, we don't have a roster yet from the Brewers, and I'm going to be watching Twitter, I'm going to be watching the uh, the news, for lack of a better term, and if that comes out during this show, I don't really know. I thought they would have dropped that roster by now. Typically, the show's at a pretty good time of day where if there's breaking news or if something is released or a, or a roster for a Brewers night game, that's something that we can talk about. That's something that we can uh, discuss here on the Wisco Sports Show. So I, I am thankful for that, that the show's in the latter part of the day, but we don't have a roster yet. We did have some news from Craig Council, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, but I do also want to talk about rosters and, and what that might look like for a seven-game series versus a five-game series now for the second go-around here in the playoffs as the Brewers get ready to take on the Dodgers on Friday. It's kicked off tomorrow. I'm, I'm excited. Normally, I would be nervous, and I, and I would be a little freaked out for something like this to start, but it's been so long since we've had baseball that I, I'm just ready for whatever. I'm ready for anything. So we'll talk about what that roster might look like, some predictions for that. I want to hear from you as well. Also, uh, Haha Clinton Dix on the green and gold front made some interesting comments this week. Not interesting in the fact that it's that what he said is shocking. It's the fact that he said it at all. Typically, you don't hear players say things like this. And uh, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. We'll talk about that about halfway through the show, about 5.30. We'll get into some Packers talk. And then a lot of press conferences as the postseason festivity. Something cool about the postseason is you have extra press conferences, you have extra pomp and circumstance to talk about and to dip into. So we're going to hear from uh, a couple of the best pieces that I heard. I'm not just going to spam you with interviews just to spam you with interviews, but hear from a couple of the Brewer stars, including uh, Craig Council as well. We'll hear from Christian Yelich, Mike Moustakis, uh, and also uh, Gio Gonzalez as well. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. That's how you get a hold of me. That's how you get a hold of the show. Uh, you can also get a hold of me on Twitter at Keystroker Grant, and you can tweet at WKTY as well. Either way, I'll see it, and uh, we can have a conversation about it uh, today. So the big news today, Craig Council announced the Game 1 starter, which will take place tomorrow at Miller Park. That game will be here on WKTY. Gio Gonzalez. Anybody surprised by that? I'm not going to say I was shocked. I I think Miley, Shasin, Gonzalez, I don't think I would have been shocked by any. I think we were all leaning towards probably Yoli Shasin. But Gio Gonzalez gets the start as well. Now, the Dodgers don't hit lefties terrific. They're not awful against it. I mean, the numbers aren't shattering. But 
Gio Gonzalez has pitched fairly well in his career. And, you know, since coming to the Brewers just uh, a month or so ago or a month and a half or so ago, 2.13 ERA, less than one whip, so less than one base runner on average that he's allowing per inning. Walks, hits per innings pitched, he's at .95, so a little bit less than one base runner per inning that he's pitched. 22 strikeouts and 10 walks. He's pitched just over 25 innings for the Brewers since coming over. Trying to get inside the mind of Craig Council. Trying to maybe figure out the logic and the reasoning behind this move. Look, if it works out, he's brilliant. Because now he saves Wade Miley and Yoli Shasin down the road. Now, you got to keep in mind, Shasin has been tremendous on the road. And from what we've heard today, from multiple sources all stemming from Craig Council, it's going to go Gonzalez on Friday, tomorrow. Miley on Saturday, and then Shasin would get the start after the day off in Los Angeles next Monday. Now, for those of you who who like to plan out ahead, you're the opposite of me, and uh, and power to you for being organized and, and being scheduled. All of the Brewer games now, even the ones that aren't guaranteed, so even the games after Game 4, which would be Game 5, 6, and 7, which are non-guaranteed games in a seven-game series, we know the times, we have them scheduled, and you can look at those times at WKTYsports.com. I just put them in today. Everything's looking good. We got the calendar set up for the next week. So if you're one of those people who who likes to plan and make plans, and there are some afternoon games next week. So if you want to shift work around or shift some obligations, maybe your your son or daughter has a piano recital and you're saying, okay, I need to start thinking of an excuse now. (laughs) There you go. All those times are available. Uh, Not only can, of course, you can get them from the Brewers, but just go to WKTYsports.com. You can find them right there. All the programming notes and, and where you can find those games are posted there as well. So now we have everything figured out for the series in terms of times and in terms of place. Obviously, that's not a surprise as they go 2-3-2. But we also know the first three games and what they're going to do pitching-wise. No bullpen day. They're going to start with Gio Gonzalez. Really interesting, though. And this was this just came out uh, a couple of minutes before I went on air, and I saw it, and I was like, well, I, I don't really want to talk about this because I don't understand it, right? I don't want to come in and, and talk about something on air that I'm not 100% percent sure exactly what it means but I'm going to share this with you and, and if you know what the heck's going on this is from Bob Nightingale one of the most prominent baseball writers he's a USA Today sports columnist uh, so that's where he writes for one of the most uh, popular baseball writers writers excuse me not writers and this is what he had to say the Brewers may be starting Gio Gonzalez in game one I'm assuming he just said in game but you can be assured that Shasin will be pitching in the game in relief against the Dodgers he didn't source it. He didn't say where that came from. I, I I don't I don't think that's accurate. I don't want to I don't want to argue with Bob Nightingale because typically what he says is is taken as church is taken as is gospel. Says the Brewers may be starting Gio Gonzalez in game one. I can assume he must have had a typo, but you can be assured that Shasin will be pitching in the game in relief against the Dodgers. I I, I would be shocked. I would be surprised. It's also a little bit frustrating that he didn't source that he didn't say where he got it he didn't he didn't say per source I mean, if you have anonymous sources that's one thing is, is that Bob Nightingale's opinion I, I would have a really hard time believing that when he is supposed to take them out on Monday against the Dodgers we're referring to Shasin of course that he would be pitching in relief on a Friday when the Brewers have had almost a week off and their bullpen is rested I happen to think that they're probably going to keep an extra reliever in lieu of a position player for this series as well. We'll talk about that coming up next, and we can really dive into to what we think this roster might look like. That doesn't make any sense. So if any of you are insiders on the Brewers, or maybe one of you knows Bob Nightingale, who knows, 608-796-2558. 
on the five-star telecom talking text line. Join in on the conversation. I don't really get that. But you look at the Dodgers. They haven't hit Gio Gonzalez well. Gio's been pretty good. He hasn't really had a bad outing. And in this this win streak for the Brewers, when you look at their starting pitching and you look at their bullpen, even the worst outings. Like Shasin in uh, in game, what would it have been? Three against the Rockies. Pitched maybe the worst that we've seen him in the last month. Just didn't have great stuff, didn't have great command, struggled with walks. There were base runners on in every inning. <laughs> but he didn't give up a run. He didn't surrender a run. And that was one of the worst starts I'd seen from Shasin in a while. I think that's maybe what we're going to see from Gio Gonzalez tomorrow. I think Craig Council just wants to get through the uh, the rotation, or not the rotation, the batting order for the Dodgers twice. And if he can handle that, you get it to that bullpen, which is well-rested. So if you get any sort of offense and any sort of, of a workable start from Gio Gonzalez tomorrow, there's no excuse to not go all out and win that game with a full bullpen at your disposal. And I actually, I happen to think they're going to keep an extra lever, like I said. So that's coming up uh, in the next segment. Like I said, at 5.30, we'll talk a little bit of green and gold. We'll talk some Packers, including some haha Clinton Dix drama. What's new there? And a really interesting thing he had to say. Like I said, the content, the actual topic that he's discussing, isn't that shocking? It's not that surprising, not that weird. The fact that he said it, though, is a little odd. So, so we'll actually get into that. You'll also hear from some of your favorite Brewers players and staff members as they've had their uh, NLCS press conferences going for the last couple of days as well. All of that and more lies ahead here on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. More to come here on WKTY. Get my bullpen in, get as much throwing in, uh... And from what I see, they didn't need me in the first round. <laughs> I think our starters did a great job, and our bullpen, obviously, hands down, is the best bullpen in baseball. Here's your Game 1 starter, Gio Gonzalez, will take the hill tomorrow as the NLCS gets underway. Brewers and Dodgers from Miller Park. You can hear that action right here on WKTY. And like I said, for those planners who want to get their schedule made out for the next week to make sure they're not missing out on Brewers baseball, there are a couple afternoon games. Uh, so if you got to make that work uh, with work or other commitments, all the times uh, have been released, and I've updated the calendar at WKTYsports.com. Get over there, check it out, and you can line up next week so you don't have to miss any Brewers baseball. I might have to be in class for some of it. It's you know with technology nowadays, I'm just pop open my laptop, maybe take a peek every once in a while. Last week, the professor uh, shout out once again, Professor Evan Brody, let me watch some of that uh, that Brewers Cubs game in class in the afternoon. And, and, you know, why wouldn't he? He wants he wants students at class. I'm not being a distraction, so shout out to uh, to Dr. Brody for that one. There are some afternoon games next week. All those times have been released, so check those out. Uh, you can also check out the five-star telecom talk and text line. Join in on the conversation at 608-796-2558. I really want to dig into what this roster might look like. Because, like I said, the, the NLCS roster has not been released. I was hoping maybe it would be today. I don't really know how the timetable works. For postseason rosters, I was I was hoping, I kind of figured it would be out at least 24 hours ahead of time. It's not out yet, and like I said, if it drops, uh, like it's a mixtape or an album, if it is released during the show at any point before 6 o'clock, I'll make sure to pass those names along to you. But right now, I want to talk about what possibly that roster could look like. I'm not of the belief that it's going to change that much. I think it's going to be pretty similar, but you listen to Craig Council in uh, one of his previous press conferences, he said it's a seven-game series, we got to approach things differently. Craig Council had been very quick to go to his bullpen, I think, as he should. Got to get your best players on the field. Whether it was with the actual bullpen day with 
literally starting a man out of your bullpen in, in Woodruff and then, you know, so on and so forth. Maybe it's Burns, Canable, Hater, Jeffress. Uh, maybe Soria's in there for an inning. You know, you start to see that path to the finish line. After you knock off those first couple of innings with whoever, that day it just it happened to be Brandon Woodruff. Now how do we piece together five innings or four innings? How do we get to the finish line? And then how do you start to piece relievers together to build the bridge uh, to the uh, to the bottom of the ninth inning? That strategy, Council said, you, you have to re-examine. You have to do things differently in a seven-game series versus a five-game series. And I think the roster may reflect just a little bit of that change in mindset coming from Craig Council and from David Stearns and the rest of those uh, the the people on that Brewers staff. So I put together today what I think the roster is going to look like. Now, I'm not trying to fill 15 minutes just reading off names here. If there's any names that you want to see on the roster that weren't the last go-around, or names that, you, that are on the bubble that you absolutely want on the postseason roster. And Keon Broxton, for example. Maybe Jonathan Scope in danger of possibly being on that bubble. If, if you think those guys need to be on the roster for whatever reason, tell me. And we can talk about it. 608-796-2558. Uh, because, you know, my roster prediction doesn't mean a whole lot. I, I think that this is how the roster is going to shake out. If I had to bet money, this is the roster I'd go with. But my opinion is only one opinion. Let's let's get into what I think. It's it's very similar. There's only a difference or two from the NLDS roster. Now, I constructed this roster based on uh, a couple categories. Starting pitchers, bullpen pitchers, infielders, outfielders, and catchers. Okay? Now... Between starting pitchers and bullpen pitchers, that line is kind of gray. There's a little bit of gray area right now. I actually have Brandon Woodruff in the starting pitching category because I think if he makes an appearance in this series, it's going to be as a starter. Now, it might not be a starter in the traditional sense of aiming for six innings. He may only go three innings, may go four innings, doesn't matter. I still consider him a starting pitcher. I think this whole whole concept of just out-getters... has been a little bit overplayed. Whoever's starting the, the the game is still a starting pitcher, even if he isn't in the most traditional sense. So my starting pitchers on this roster are Yoli Shasin, Wade Miley, uh, Gio Gonzalez, and Brandon Woodruff. Because I think if I think their rotation, their starting rotation, will consist of those four pitchers. I think they will go Gio tomorrow, which has been announced. Miley on Saturday, Shasin on Monday, and then I think we might see a bullpen day in the middle of that three game stretch. Because next week for the three games in L.A., they're going to go back to back to back. And I think that middle day, and Craig Council could could go out of character. He could really adjust and change things up for a seven-game series. I only imagine Council tweaking things because this team has been playing so well. So possibly we could see a bullpen day in there. Or maybe they say, hey, Brandon, you've pitched absolutely tremendous in the time that you've been up here. You're a starting pitcher today. Go out and get it. They might do that as well. I don't think... That Zach Davies makes this roster, and I don't think Chase Anderson makes this roster. And I'll explain why as we as we continue to move down. So there's four pitchers right off the bat, four four spots on that roster filled up by Shasin Gonzalez and Wade Miley. Moving into the bullpen, I think they keep Guerra and I think they keep Peralta in there. I think those guys offer you a lot of a lot of flexibility in managing the middle of a game. For example, the fifth and the sixth inning, or if you have a starting pitcher that only goes three innings. You got to eat up that no man's land of four, five, six before you really want to start going to your hammers, you know, your big guns in the bullpen. How do you bridge the gap from maybe a, a an, an opener like a Brandon Woodruff if he is used as such again? How do you bridge that portion of the game to the Hader, Knable, Jeffress, Soria, so on and so forth at the end? And I think Guerra and Peralta, where they weren't used against the Rockies, could be a very valuable portion of that uh, of that that bullpen of that pitching staff, and because they pitched live at bats this week and they got work in, 
that leads me to believe that I think Guerra and Peralta are staying on this roster. Plus, if Craig Council is saying we need to approach a seven-game series differently, I can't imagine him saying that and then going around and leaving off Guerra and Peralta. Because that wouldn't make any sense. That would be that would be backwards uh, of co- conventional wisdom for Craig Council. Guerra and Peralta, I think, are on there. Then the rest of my bullpen, I have seven men in that bullpen. Guerra, Peralta, and then Cedeno, I added. Burns, Soria, Knable, Hader, Jeffress. First of all, before we, uh, before we start to move on in the roster, can we just recognize together, that is a murderer's row, if I've ever seen one. Especially the way Soria's been pitching. Burns, Soria, Knable, Hader, and Jeffress. Jeffress, Hader, Knable, Burns, and Soria, all of them, I believe, could be closers. They have the stuff to be closers, and and they could be used as a closer on this Brewers team. I think they could close for many teams out there. That's five arms in your bullpen that have closing stuff. And Corbin Burns is just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm biding my time until I can be a part of this starting rotation. That's that's the stuff that he has. So my bullpen is Garrett Peralta, Cedeno, Burns, Soria, Knable, Hader, and Jeffress. That's adding on Xavier Cedeno, which means, yep, we got to leave someone off as we move along the rest of the roster. You got it uh, for those of you who are following along and counting along because I, I wouldn't be capable of that. <laughs> I lose count and I don't handle numbers very well. But that puts us at 11 pitchers in the pen out of 25, which I think is a, a fair amount. Infielders, I keep it Jonathan Scope, Hernan Perez, Jesus Aguilar, Travis Shaw, Mike Moustakis, and Orlando Arcia. And by the way, until Arcia stops swinging the bat so well, he is in that lineup and he is your starting shortstop. I don't want to see Aaron Perez. I don't want to see him in there. I don't want to see him playing shortstop. I don't want to see him playing second base. Orlando Arcia is your starting shortstop. And the way that Shaw's been hitting the ball, which has been a little bit of a renaissance going back to last year because he didn't have a world-breaking year. And I think part of that was the roster construction uh, pre and a little bit post trade deadline as well, not giving him a fair shake to really be in the lineup every day and be in a consistent position and, and work on uh, swinging the bat better. But I think he's got to be in the lineup, and I think Mustakas has got to be in the lineup. That leaves Jonathan Scope and Aaron Perez to be pinch hitters, to be bench players, and I'm okay with that. I don't think there needs to be a whole lot of roster turnover in this series. Uh, outfielders, I'm keeping Granderson Santana strictly because he can play or he can pinch hit. He's shown effectiveness as a pinch hitter, something that Keon Broxton and Eric Thames have not done. And Santa, Santana can play in the outfield. He's not the fielder that Keon Broxton is, or Yelich or Kane or Braun for that matter. But if somebody gets injured, it's not like you have a, a liability out there. He's not the best, but I'm not going to say he's a liability. Some Brewers fans might. I'm not going to. Granderson, Santana, Kane, Yelich, and Braun. For those of you counting along at home, that's 12 uh, plus 11 which is 21. No, you know what? I don't, I don't do math on the air. Uh, 20, that's 23. 23, by the way, which puts us with two catchers, Pena and Kratz, 225. Can we get a round of applause for Grant doing mental math on the air? Something I try so hard to avoid doing, whether I'm calling games or in here, mental math on the air, uh, typically a no, but I checked this like five times uh, before the show. That, that rounds out to 25. So uh, I think it's going to be Shasane, Shasane, Gonzalez, Miley Woodruff, Gara Peralta, Cedeno, Burns, Soria, Knable, Hader, Jeffress. And then I think infielders are Scope, Perez, Aguilar, Shaw, Mustakis, Arcia. I think in the outfield, you have Granderson, Santana, Kane, Yelich, Braun. And then, of course, your two catchers. I don't think Keon Broxton makes this roster. If I was constructing this roster, I, I, I wouldn't have Keon Broxton. You have a week off, which lessens my concern about injury-prone players like Ryan Braun. Christian Yelich has shown the ability to play every day, as has Lorenzo Kane. I don't, I don't worry about that. They can play all nine innings in the field. 
It's the National League Championship Series. I don't think we need defensive replacements. Plus, I don't think you get a whole lot better putting Keon Broxton out there. You just don't get any worse. That's the way I look at it. I think Yelich is a gold glove caliber right fielder. Braun has played left field forever. He just knows how the corner in Miller Park works. He just knows how to play the position. He might not be the fastest guy. might not be the most gifted guy, but he knows how to play the position, as does Lorenzo Cain. I don't need any defensive help. And in a pinch, Santana can play out there, and so can Granderson. That's the way I look at it. I don't think they need Keon Broxton, especially because I don't think his pinch hitting ability is anything above average. With a hot and cold guy like that, much like Eric Thames, I don't think they are effective as pinch hitters, and therefore I don't think they're going to stick on this roster, especially because you've heard Craig Council mention audibly in interviews on the record saying you need to approach a seven-game series differently. If Craig Council doesn't say that, I might think that he is he's just going to stick with the same roster, but because he said that, he went out of his way to make that remark. I think that we could possibly see a little bit of roster shakeup, and I think that might lead to a casualty like Keon Broxton, as much as I hate to see it. Hey, look, I wish they had 40 men rosters in the playoffs. I think it's more fun. I think it's a more fun brand of baseball to have as many weapons available to you as you can. But uh, but it's, it's not the case. I, I don't envy uh, David Stearns and Craig Council having to sit down and, and figure this out because I don't want to see Eric Thames left at home. I don't want to see Keon Broxton left at home left at home by not playing, of course. They're not staying at home. I don't want to see that. So there's my roster. Hopefully it'll drop before the show ends or tonight or at least, uh, obviously, tomorrow before the game. We'll talk about it more if it does get released and we'll compare what we just talked about. 608-796-2558. The discussion continues up next. We're going to move into some Packers chatter, including what one Packers safety, specifically HaHa Clinton Dix, had to say about his situation in Green Bay. A little odd. You don't really hear athletes saying things like this uh, all the time. They got to think things like this. I'm sure they they talk about this in inner circles and with their family. But in terms of talking to the media, this is uh, this is strange territory. Well, I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up next. Haha, Clinton Dix uh, with some interesting words. You'll hear that next on the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on with me, your host, Grant Bills. Happy Thursday, everybody. You're listening to WKTY, whether you're 580 AM, 96.7 FM. Maybe you're streaming live at WKTYsports.com. Or maybe you are, uh, you're a trendsetter and you're listening on our mobile app. Any way that you're listening, uh, glad to have you. Remember, final week of the high school regular season tomorrow night. And we're going to be covering it. Of course, you can hear action here on WKTY. And uh, Oh, actually, excuse me, not on WKTY. You can hear action. We'll be out there covering it, uh, but the Brewers will take precedence, so we're going to have games on The Rock and on Classic Hits and over on WIZM. That full schedule, as always, and all the details you need is available at WKTYsports.com. This is the final week, the final guaranteed week for uh, for not only some high schools and some teams, but some seniors. Be their last action uh, of football on a football field ever tomorrow night, which is a, which can be a sad experience. Uh, but a pretty important one as well. So make sure you're tuning in uh, for your favorite local team or your favorite local player tomorrow night. Speaking of local players, not everyone's favorite local player right now is HaHa Clinton Dix for the Green Bay Packers. You got to assume that uh, professional sports players, whether it's NFL or NBA, does, doesn't matter, any league, take your pick, uh, are sometimes unhappy and they see writing on the wall because I think we forget sometimes, as much as people love to say it as a cliche, that sports is a business, right? It's a business. There's a business end and sometimes... You got to make tough decisions. You got to move on from a player you'd love to keep just because of the nature of things, right? That's how sports work. So 
I think we are naive and we underestimate how smart athletes are and, and how they see writing on the wall with front offices and whether coaches actually like them or not, especially in terms of their contract. Well, how Clinton Dix, I think, is no different. The, the odd thing is, is he is talking about it openly to the media. This is what he had to say. I wish I had the audio, but I will use my uh, my clearest reading voice to tell you what he had to say. And I quote exactly. Right now, I'm playing each and every game like it's my last. I don't think I'm going to be here next year, Clinton Dix said via the Wisconsin State Journal. That's how I look at it. I just have to be honest with myself. You've got to play it game by game. Whether you're losing by 60 points, you have to go out there and perform. This is the biggest interview of my career, so I've got to perform regardless of what the record says. So, ha, Clinton Dix coming right out and saying, I I think I'm gone next year. And you know what's funny is Packer fans who especially in the offseason or in the doldrums of, of summer or, you know, the preseason, who really follow this team closely and listen to beat writers and bloggers and everybody on the inside of 1265 Lombardi in Green Bay. I, I don't think this is a crazy thought. I don't think this is a crazy idea that HaHa Clinton Dix just simply isn't going to be retained by the Green Bay Packers for a couple of reasons. Different defensive coordinator, different general manager now than when he was drafted. Maybe he doesn't fit Petten's scheme. Maybe, you know, to be completely honest, maybe Brian Gutekunst just didn't like him in the first place, didn't want to draft him. He was shot down. Ted Thompson took him. And now, of course, he, you know, he would like to do his own thing as a general manager, wants to construct his own roster. Stack that on top of the fact that the safety position is, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's being devalued in the NFL. You see guys like Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas is the best player at his position, and he has been four years, and he was earlier this year, with absolutely no training camp, no preseason, nothing. Showed up week one and was the best damn safety in the league. And the Seahawks, like, yeah, we'll pass. No thanks. We, we don't want to resign you. We really don't even want to trade you. We're okay to let you walk at the end of the year. Best player at his position. I don't know if that's because NFL defenses are redesigning and coordinators are scheming differently and safeties just aren't as important. But I think that might be the direction that the league is going. The, you know, the emphasis is placed on pass rushers and being mean up front like the Eagles were, like the Seahawks used to be. Having good corners that can lock up wide receivers and play physical press coverage. Safeties have become kind of an afterthought. And I don't think it's crazy that the Packers may want to move on from HaHa Clinton Dix after this year. Especially given the fact that if they pay him, they are probably going to have to pay him a considerable considerable amount of money. I think a great case study for this situation is Nick Perry a couple of years ago. Nick Perry was a player for the Packers at the time. Looking for a new contract at a position of need for the Packers. The Packers need, and and they still need outside pass rush. Still need outside linebackers. And the Packers, because the market was slim and there were no other options and they knew they weren't going to get what they needed in the draft, forked over the money to pay him because they, they did not have any other choice. It was either let him walk for nothing and lose out at a position you are already thin at or just pay the guy the money because you don't really have another option. And that's what they did. They paid him the money, right? The... I can't imagine the Packers aren't thinking of that situation regarding HaHa Clinton Dix. Because right now the Packers are thin at safety. You have Kentrell Bryce, who has shown ability. He's shown flash. He's shown toughness. He's a good tackler at times. But then he's also shown times where he's out of position. He doesn't exactly know what he's supposed to be doing. And given the fact that he is uh, Kentrell Bryce, I don't think he was drafted. I'll actually check it out here. I'll, I'll look it up. Normally, you know, you'd have your producer uh, do this kind of thing. But yesterday I joked, if something's going wrong, if I don't know something, there's nobody for me to blame. Uh, it's it's just me. It's just me. Kentrell Bryce, I'll check it out. But lo- a lower draft selection, not a high pick at all. Undrafted in 2016. You got it. Should have stuck with my guns. That's what they're dealing with at safety. Him and Josh Jones. If HaHa Clinton Dix leaves today, they have they have Josh Jones, who I don't think the Packers love either, to be completely honest. He's another Ted, Ted Thompson draft pick. 
Showing the physical ability, but upstairs, the IQ, the, the mental part of the game hasn't looked great. He's still young. I get that. But the Packers are probably thinking very similarly to the way they thought back when Nick Perry and his decision came around. Do we let him walk and, and really get thin at that position, which is what they would be doing if HaHa Clinton Dix left and they let him leave in free agency? Or do we have to pay this guy the money? Because to be completely honest, free agents don't become free agents very often, especially not good players. And HaHa Clinton Dix is certainly above average in the league. And you always overpay in free agency. You always overpay in free agency. So Clinton Dix is going to command money, especially if he just keeps getting interceptions like he does. Uh, They might not be meaningful interceptions. They might not be translating to team success or to wins, which I think has to be uh, accounted for. I was talking to my roommates earlier who are huge Packer fans like myself. And we were talking about this whole situation. I was like, man, I don't don't know if the Packers should bring him back. I, I might be okay with them saving their money and letting him walk. And they were like, he's he's so good. You know, and I'm like, well, part of me agrees. He does get interceptions, but at the same time, there's more to playing football than the box score. Ha Clinton Dix has been on this team now since uh, he was drafted. His last year would have been against, uh, his his rookie year was 2014. So he would have been a 2013 draft selection late in the first round. He's been here now throughout his entire first contract. And I don't know. His success really hasn't translated to team success. He had the one Pro Bowl year, but that was really it. He's been just just pretty good, as Nick Perry was, and the Packers overpaid him, and I think they're they're regretting that a little bit right now. I do. Aha, Clinton Dix, regarding sa- uh, uh, salary cap money for next year, for those of you who are, uh, are wondering, the Packers are going to have $47 million in cap space next year, assuming they don't extend or sign anyone presently. So that's where they sit right now. Now, if they move on from Tremont Williams, which I think is a very good possibility, nothing against Tremont, but they have a loaded uh, a secondary loaded with young talent, that obviously is trying to, you know, they have waiting in the wings, Josh Jackson, Jari Alexander, Kevin King, that it doesn't really make sense to extend Tremont Williams. If they move on, that's four, That's almost $5 million more, 4.75. So they could have just short, actually just above $50 million in cap space next year to possibly resign a guy like HaHa Clinton Dix. Does Clay Matthews get extended? That's another question you got to ask. There's money to play with. There is money to play with. But do the Packers want to spend it at safety, and do they want to spend it on HaHa Clinton Dix is the more important question. I think Nick Perry is the great case study here. You look back at the whole Nick Perry situation. Yeah, the Packers didn't love him. I, I still don't think they love him, much like they don't love HaHa Clinton Dix. He's okay. He's a good player. He's a homegrown good player who is going to command some money just by nature of free agency if he hits the market in a couple of months, which is looking like a stronger and stronger possibility. Would you hold on to HaHa Clinton Dick? Shoot me a text. Let me know. 608-796-2558. It's the five-star telecom talking text line. Yay or nay on HaHa Clinton Dix? An interesting attitude. Interesting to come out and say, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be back here next year. Just an odd situation in Green Bay right now. Now, winning cures all. They get started back again on Monday night against uh, the San Francisco 49ers at home before the bye week. So if there's a chance to get right, it is next week and the following week. Because they embark on an absolute murderer's row, going to New England, going to L.A. Still got to go to Seattle. They have to host Atlanta. A lot of a lot of big matchups down the road for the Green Bay Packers. And if they don't get right here in the next two weeks, I don't know if it's going to happen. But we will continue to follow it here on the Wisco Sports Show, regardless of who's on the team. Obviously, we have a full year uh, to go, or a full season, to continue with Aha Clinton Dix. It's, it's interesting. You typically don't see if, if players want to extend if teams want to extend players, they typically don't let them hit free agency. They typically resign them in season because it is cheaper. And if they are concerned with that player and they want that player to be happy, number one, you want to offer them that financial security. But 
right now, you saw what happened to Earl Thomas. Contract year, couldn't get that extension. He said, if you're not going to extend me, trade me, because I don't want to play as a lame duck player. And you saw what happened. Breaks his leg, and now he's going into free agency with huge question marks uh, surrounding that injury. And you understand that frustration. So if the Packers, I think, we were that invested in Clinton Dix, well, if they were that invested, I'll just say I think they would have extended him already. But if they were extended, uh, or if they were invested in this guy in the very least, they're going to extend him before the offseason hits. Number one, it's it's fair to your player. It's fair to Clinton Dix to give him not only that financial security, but that contract security as well, knowing that it's should he get injured this year that he's not SOL when free agency comes. He's not going to lose out on money. I, I would just tend to believe that they are not bringing HaHa Clinton Dix back. And I've heard that from multiple people, whether it's Aaron Nagler now at Cheesehead TV. That's a narrative that, well, not a narrative, but that's a sentiment that he has shared multiple times over the last year. Michael Cohen has echoed the same thing. He used to be at Packers News, much like Nagler was now at The Athletic. Both of those guys in publications and in podcasts and in interviews have gone on at length about, I don't really think the Packers are interested in, in extending HaHa Clinton Dix. Which is worrisome, because you look at that defense, Clinton Dix steps away. It's Kentrell Bryce and Josh Jones. Packers fans, do you like that? I, I can't imagine that you do. To be completely honest, I don't like the safety group right now, and they have a, a former All-Pro there. So as this, if, as this goes on, and we will continue to follow this on the show, just, just keep Nick Perry in mind. His situation a couple of years ago, and now where they are right now with Nick Perry, I think it's a good case study. I think it's interesting. I think it's intriguing. And I don't think the Packers are willing to make the same mistake. Now, I think Nick Perry is a good player, but they paid him like a like a superstar because they had to, much like they will have to pay HaHa Clinton Dix like a superstar. Keep that case study in the back of your mind. Think about that as the season rolls on and and we continue to follow the, the HaHa Clinton Dix contract year situation. I want to get back to Brewers coming up in the final segment. You're going to hear from Mike Moustakis, Eric Kratz, Craig Council, and a few other guys as well as they've been doing their their pre-NLCS press conferences in the last couple of days here, including uh, some audio from just earlier this afternoon, you're going to hear courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin as they get prepared to take on the Dodgers tomorrow. Uh, we'll have that coverage right here on WKTY. So, Brewers Chatter to wrap up the show coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. I am your host, Grant Bills. More to come on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Thanks for sharing a part of your Thursday with me. Glad you could come along. Final show of the week as uh, tomorrow we will bring you that Badger Roundtable show. Actually, you know what? We're bringing you the Brewers tomorrow night. Feels like it's been so long since we've had a game. We're bringing the Brewers tomorrow night on WKTY, and we will continue to follow them throughout the postseason. So this will be our final show of the week. Next week is going to be spotty as well. I'll keep you updated, and you can find uh, all those updates, like I said, of course, at WKTYsports.com. Because if the Brewers are on, they're on, and they will be on here. Regardless of whether I want to talk sports or not, the Brewers are going to take precedent, and uh, and we'll just talk when we can. We'll enjoy the Brewers, and, and there's plenty of time to talk sports here on the Wisco Sports Show after the Brewers wrap up their postseason run, hopefully, uh, ideally, in a perfect world, with a World Series title, their first in franchise history. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, that'd be fun to talk about as well. I do want to hear for some, uh, from some Brewers players and from Craig Council as well. A lot of uh, press conferences, obviously, today and yesterday as the, the NLCS is looming. You want to hear from all the players, and it's a big, uh, you know, it's a big, it's a big deal. I, you know, I was going to go cover the team. The boss said, you know, Grant, we just don't, we just don't have the money this year. Sorry, man, you got to stay home. I said, oh, really? Oh, sh- shoot. You know, <laughs> maybe, ne- maybe next time. 
<laughs> I'd love to be at Miller Park. It would look cool. A uh, little bit of a little bit of a long drive for us. So we will get into the Brewers chatter right now. First, let's look at the five star telecom talk and text line 608-796-2558. If any of you want to chime in, still time to do so. Suzanne said I would miss a Packer named Haha. Yeah, you know, uh, it started out fun. It started out as a novelty. When they drafted him, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, last year, that humor started to wear off. <laughs> when he played, uh, well, like a bag of marbles, for lack of a better uh, description, the name got a little old. But, uh, but Suzanne, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. Thank you. Thank you for the, the insight and, and chiming in on the five-star telecom talk and text line. I want to hear from some of the, the Brewers, including you already heard from Gio Gonzalez. He did his presser today. He will be your game one starter. For those of you who haven't heard, we talked about it early on in the show. He will start game one. Miley will get the ball on Saturday for game two. And then Shasin will start on the road when they do go to Dodger Stadium on Monday. So they want Shasin to pitch on the road. Part of me, part of me is thinking, all right, Craig Council is saying, all right, Clayton Kershaw's going. Now, if he is bad, if, if Clayton Kershaw is bad, we can win that game no matter who's pitching. Because I think Craig Council truly does believe in all three starters. More importantly, I think he believes in his bullpen. And at any point, Craig Council can say, all right, let's, let's lock down and win this game. Whoever's starting, you're coming out, and we are going to send Murderer's Row right to the mound, and the Dodgers can try to push through that. Now, if Clayton Kershaw has amazing stuff tomorrow night, it might behoove the Brewers to not use their ace pitcher, whoever that is. I would consider it Shasin. But I would probably consider Gonzalez the weakest of the three, although I he's been good. I'm not taking away from that. I would probably consider him the weakest of the three. Starting against Kershaw, if Kershaw is bad, you love your chances to win no matter who's on the mound. If Kershaw pitches amazing, you might be SOL either way. I mean, you, you might have Sandy Colfax pitching from the other dugout, but that doesn't matter if Clayton Kershaw is on tomorrow night. Maybe that played into Craig Council's decision-making. Let's, let's ask Craig Council. Well, not specifically us, but let's hear from Craig Council. He talked about his bullpen and his pitching staff and his mentality going into a seven-game series. You know, the way it's constructed right now, I don't really think about his matchups as much, um, which is actually easier on my, my end, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, they... they Every every team and every manager is trying to capture matchups. That's that's what we all do, and part of what we're tasked with. Um, and and you know, there's different teams according to their personnel are going to go about it different ways. Um, so, you know, I mean, I thought in the World Series last year, if you watched the, the Dodgers and the Astros, it was kind of polar opposites. One team, one team tried to capture the matchups. The other team just went with their pitchers who were getting who are, they felt were getting the most outs. And so, you know, it works both ways. Um, and, um, you know, I think the most important thing is to, for us is to try to get our best guys into the game and, and, and let them get out. A couple things I really liked there. First of all, Craig Council saying, I, you know, I, this bullpen allows me to not play matchups. I love that. And you do think last year about the Astros and the Dodgers. Dave Roberts played matchups. I think he rolled a lot of pitchers through. And the Astros at the end said, we're rolling with our guys. If they're getting outs, we're rolling with them. And I think Craig Council has started to lean towards that mentality more so than playing righty-lefty, playing matchups. So I think that that bodes well for the Brewers. He also said something the other day we were talking about uh, about Mike McCarthy. And if Craig Council was managing the Packers, if he had to coach the Packers for a game, how would he approach it? And this, this quote, I don't know why. It might just be my frustration with Mike McCarthy and the Packers right now, but this quote just spoke to me for some reason. Try to get our best guys into the game. One more time. Try to get our best guys into the game. Uh, Okay, one last time. Try to get our best guys into the game. Let's get our best guys into the game. Let's do that. Let's give our best guys the ball. Let's make the Dodgers beat our best guys. 
It's common sense. And it actually works for just about every sport. It doesn't matter if it's football or baseball. Unfortunately uh, for the Packers, and fortunately for the Brewers, Craig Council seems to understand that. And that's his job as a manager. How many, how many times have we talked about that on this show? Craig Council's number one job is to utilize and get the most out of his best players. Try to get our best guys into the game. Amen. Amen. Get your best guys in the game. Doesn't matter if that's Josh Hader, if it's Christian Yelich, Gio Gonzalez, doesn't matter. Best players, get them on the field and force the Dodgers to go through your best players because you're obviously going to make it harder on them. That's just kind of common sense. <sighs> A lot of Brewers speaking yesterday, including Eric Kratz. Now, this underdog mentality, and I we had Bart Winkler from, uh, from the fan down in Milwaukee on the show on Tuesday. We had him on, and of course, the narrative being pushed, and, and it's easy to see why, that the Brewers are the underdog. You know, it's the David and Goliath approach. L.A., I believe, is the second largest market in, in baseball behind the Yankees, who were just defeated by Boston, one of the also largest uh, markets in baseball and in sports, uh, only to now go on and play the Houston Astros. Houston, of course, the fourth largest city in the continental United States. So, um, yeah, I can see where that narrative comes from. Milwaukee's a little bit smaller than these other towns. Eric Kratz said, you know, I don't know if I really buy into the underdog mentality so much. You can use that if you want, but I don't think we should get caught up in it. Underdogs? I mean, is that, I guess, I guess if you, if you need to be viewed as the underdog, sure. That, that, that's what motivates you. But I think, you know, it's, it's, it's but, time to, it's time to go. They're, they're our fans and they're pushing us. So the whole small market thing, I don't know if that makes you an underdog or not. Is an underdog a worse player or are they just less cheered for? We, we got some guys. I think there's, you know, I think that's been a moniker that's been put on us that we don't have any experience. There's guys that we lean on. There's there's a, an LMVP that we lean on. There's a pitching staff that, you know, they probably don't have any awards for them this year, but, they're you know, they deserve a lot of awards. Moose and Kane and, you know, Grandy, all these guys – they got a lot of experience too, so it's something that I don't think we're I don't think we're lacking in that department. It's really impressive to listen to to Eric Kratz speak. There was a there was a period this season, right up until like two weeks ago, to be completely honest, where I really didn't understand the whole Eric Kratz phenomenon. I was like, Manny Pena's a good catcher. You know, <laughs> play Manny Pena. And then they would try to work Kratz into the lineup and, and it would just kind of bother me, I'm not gonna lie. But when you listen to him talk and when you've watched him the last two weeks, you start to understand. One of my favorite quotes is he was asked about retiring after this season. He said, Retire? I haven't had a good enough I haven't good enough career to retire. I'll just quit. When it's time for me to be done playing, I don't get to retire. I'll just quit. And I thought that was really funny. And I think some of that attitude of not taking yourself too seriously and understanding exactly what's going on which in the grand scheme of things is just baseball. And when you treat it like just baseball, it becomes a lot simpler. Listening to Eric Kratz talk there uh, becomes a lot simpler. Speaking of one of the guys you mentioned was Mike Moustakis. He spoke yesterday on the mindset of this team, not necessarily to expand on the on the David and Goliath or the underdog story, just mindset in general. Definitely helps, uh, you know, being able to relax, recover, uh, but mostly set up our bullpen, set up our uh, starting rotation, get everybody locked in. Uh, that's that's the big key. Um, you know, as far as position players, it's, it's nice to get a couple days off and, and relax, but you know, today's a good day. Go go back to work. You know, get some swings and uh, get ready for the series. Yeah, obviously, game one's important. Uh, but, you know, we can't can't play game two unless we play game one. So we just focus on what we can, uh, taking it one day at a time, all those old cliches. Man, they, uh, they're especially true in the postseason. you got to take it one day at a time, one pitch at a time. Uh, again, that's a great ball club over there. And uh, go out there, play the game, see what happens. I think that's funny that he actually made mention that those were cliches. You know what I mean? Like, you hear those in sports interviews all the time, and you just kind of cringe because, oh, I've never heard that one before. You know, never heard that expression used before in a, in a post-game interview, but he's like, you know, all those cliches, because they do apply. You know, they became cliches for a reason. 
one game at a time. Don't try to bite off more than you can chew. And, and the Los Angeles Dodgers are a giant in their own right. But I don't know if that necessarily makes the Brewers uh, a Goliath. I think they can hang right in there. Good show today. Glad we got to hear a little bit of that before we head into the weekend and head into the National League Championship Series. For those of you who are coming on the bus on Saturday, I will see you bright and early on Saturday morning. And for those of you who are interested, of course, in watching and listening to the Brewers, make sure you check out WKTYsports.com for all the start times and the information on where and how you can listen to the games as the Brewers charge in to the championship series. A lot of fun today. I don't know when we'll be on next because uh, the Brewers obviously take precedence. So I'm sure I will be talking to you soon next week. Have a fantastic weekend. Go Brewers. Enjoy the games. Enjoy it. Be a fan. Talk to you soon.